morning. We're sure um, of the today we'll be starting the Yerushalmi on Maseches Orla. Uh, the aim being to finish it uh, by Isru Chag of Sukkot Habal Dino Lutova. Just by way of introduction, before we actually go into the Maseches, just a few a few words of introduction. First of all, just generally about Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi was, um, just like the Babli was obviously, was collated by a couple of Amoroim, i.e. Rav Ami and Rav Zavasi, they were the final ones who sort of put it all together. So, so the Yerushalmi was also put together. It was actually completed, I think, some, something like 300 years before the Babli. Um, and I believe it was put together by Rabbi Yechonon. Um, in terms of Halacha, as we're well aware, that generally we do follow the Babli, um, however, where there is no contradiction from the Babli, or there's no Babli on it, then generally we will follow the Yerushalmi. Um, now, in terms of learning the uh, Yerushalmi, obviously it's got certain difficulties with it, and that is, for a start, we don't have Rashi. So we don't have uh, anything like Rashi, we've got all these wonderful Mepharshim on the page, at the back, etc., etc., but um, very often you'll see that the way of learning it will be absolutely completely different one from the other. One will learn something as a question, another one will learn it as a statement. One will learn it as an answer. You can end up with completely different, uh, different term of origin. To add to the difficulty, the, in terms of the text, there's many, many mistakes in it. The only reason they've got the pick this man, this sort of the fuss to use is because this was a complete one. There's many, many other defusim, I wouldn't say many, but there are various other defusim, um, and therefore, the license to change the Gersa is a little more available in Yerushalmi because you've got many other texts to rely upon. And very, very often that's what they do. They change the Gersa in order that, uh, because they're convinced, the Farshim are convinced as to what the Peshat is. Um, generally, the Pirushim on the Yerushalmi are Acharonim as opposed to Rishonim. On certain texts, we do have, a li- I mean, even, even there, it's more you'll. You've got the Maharash Siriliu. Um, he was a Kadman, but still not, still not a, not a Rishon. Uh, he's very much based around the Rambam. So very often he'll have a completely different ghost to what our Gomorrah has. He'll say Chayim and Agamorah, he'll say Posse. It, it can be the opposite way around. Um, the Maharash Fulda as well, um, depending on which, which uh, version of the Gomorrah you've got here, um, is printed in some of them. Some of them a, a lot of them, the, the Maharash Fulda is not printed. The standard Gomorrah, uh, Yerushalmi, like that one, the Vilna one, will not have uh, the Marafulda or the Marash Cyrilio uh, printed. Um, and the Ica, in terms of what the way we're going to be learning, the Hashem, probably will be based mainly around the Gon. The Gon is printed at the back of a Sand Vilna uh, text. Again, the new ones, they put them on the page. Um, Sometimes we will be using the Gon based on what the Gon writes in his uh, Pirish on Mishnayis, that's the uh, so I'd say generally we're going to be using the Gon as a, as a basis. On the other hand, we do have in this Masech, we do have uh, some indications from a Rishon, the Rash, the Rash who wrote on Mishnayis, the Rash Mishant. Um, indication you've got, uh, I mean, because obviously the Rambam wrote the Pirish on Mishnayis, and uh, so occasionally you will have other Rishonim, like the Rosh, the Rambam. On this Masechus, there's quite a bit in, way, in, in terms of uh, restraining to help us out as well. And therefore, what I'm trying to get at is, even if people have here something like an article or anything like that, 
it could be what we learn will, make, will be completely different to what uh, Art Scroll have chosen. Right? Because the, each, each uh, sort of, we're not going to pick, uh, sort of go through ten different Mahal now to understand the Sukkah, we're going to pick the one which seems the easiest uh, to flow through without having to make too many changes to the Gears uh, of the Gemara. More often than not, they will also have taken one um, sort of main uh, Pirush. I wouldn't be surprised if it's the God. But, um, so don't uh, sort of jump at me if, uh, if anyone's got anything I can ask for. I don't know what people have got here. And um, if it uh, turns out to be slightly different. That's in terms of Yerushalmi in a more general sense. In terms of learning Zerayim, Zerayim is obviously something which, um, obviously because, because there is no bubbly on it, so it is really left a little to the side. You'll find people are say, ignorant in in, uh, in Zerayim, but I, uh, I ventured to put it over like this. Ramosha Aaron Stern, he was the Mashkiach in Kamenet. He once uh, sort of spoke out about this, how the you know the ignorance when it comes to Zerayim. He says he sort of paints a typical sort of scenario. You've got two bochums sitting there in yeshiva learning. They come across the Gemara and bochum the quotes a uh, quote mission and pay there. Look at Rashi, doesn't help us out. We don't know. After ten minutes, one of them turns to his friend and he, he whispers to him. He sort of checks, no one's listening. He says, I'll go check in my room. I've got a, I've got a kahati there. Don't tell anyone. Off he right, he scoots off to his room. Obviously, because you can't in yeshiva, you can't be caught learning kahati. He goes off, goes into his room, locks the door, closes the curtains, checks that no one's asleep in the room, you know, because somebody could be peeking in. Rummages around the back of his cupboard, uncovers everything, he takes out a kahati, he gets shut and goes off to back, back, back to the yeshiva. He says it, it, it's not that common you get people who are, they may be very knowledgeable in Nostrum Nazika, when it comes to Zerah, we're absolutely ignorant. He's talking there obviously of the importance of at least, at least learning the Mishnayim. And as he puts it, he says he was actually Zerah to go a step further and actually learn the Yerushalmi on Zerahim as well. So Baruch Hashem, we're going to start that today in terms of Arla. Arla's been picked simply because it's, uh, I think it's the, the shortest, or more or less the shortest in Zerahim, or the most um, doable in the time we've been allotted. Um, that's in terms of Yerushalmi and Zerahim. With that, with those few words of introduction, let's go into the Inyan of Arla itself. But once again, before we actually start, I'm sure I'm talking to people here who all know what Arla is. But just, uh, just in case, um, the, t- the, the Pasha of Arla comes in Pasha's Kedoshim. The Mitzvah of Arla, of Arla comes there. Anyone who wants to see in, a, in the Chomish inside, it's Parakyotef. Excuse me, Parakyotef, Posakhaf Gimel. And the Torah says, V'chitavoyu el ha'aretz, when you come to the land. Sounding like this is a Mitzvah, which is, for Eretz Yisrael, not put to the This is exactly what the Ramam writes. The Ramam writes the Issa of Orla is Midda'iraita for Eretz Yisrael. For Chutzla Oret, it is Halacha de Mesha Messina. It's not a Dirabon, but it's not written in the Torah. And the way the Ramah understands the difference is, if we could refer back to something we learned in Prophet, is when you've got a Sophic Orla, I don't know if it's Orla, what do we learn? Now there's a Prophet, the six parrots, what's the beginning there? Sophic Orla in Eretz Yisrael is the Chumrah. Obviously, something that I feel for me. You don't know the Torah, don't eat it. In the Futsal Aret, however, we say Sophie Karlo of the Futsal Aret is Mutzalah Chazzala. Unless you don't know it's Torah, it's perfect, perfectly fine. So, in a practical sense, and that is, I so right, it's not, it's Halach on a Mishnah Mishnah. It's apparently a little less than that. It doesn't have that, uh, well, that's the way it's handed down, depending how you learn it. That is the way it's handed down, that, in the case of Sophie, you can go the Kula. 
So that means in a practical sense, if you go out and buy some fruit from your local supermarket, you don't have to worry about Orla. I don't know, as long as it doesn't come from Eretz Yisrael. If it comes from Eretz Yisrael, Sophic Orla, this is a Chumrah. Okay? We'll speak with more about this, but obviously that is the problem, and that's why the various, uh, I believe, um, supervision, um, have shared, etc., the various bodies in him, try to keep a tab on what sort of percentage is coming in Orla, what's the likelihood of it being Orla. They say, I mean, I've heard this, that generally speaking, you can tell, speaking more about this in a second, but Orla is obviously growing in the first three years, as, as we're going to see. And generally you can tell it's Orla because the quality is far, far, they probably wouldn't be selling it in, uh, in shops. Because uh, it's far, um, sort of a sort of lower grade, whatever you want to call it. Um, they are not as big, grapes will be much smaller, they may not, not, not be as sweet, etc, etc. And in fact, based on that, I, a friend told me when he was in Eretz Yisrael, had many years ago, and he bought, he went to the shuk, he bought something, he didn't realise it could be a problem with Orla, he went to ask the shine and they said, take a look at these. They're great, it can't be, it can't be Orla. The only problem is they do, do uh, take grafts and things like that sometimes, not grafts and uh, cuffings and such, I don't know if that, that, that would affect it, but that also is the subject to Orla. I don't know if that would um, have the same thing, but something that we have to look into. So anyway, so it says when you come to the land, when a dalton colleagues marshal and you plant any uh, well, food tree, but on those fruit trees, Varaltem Orlota Esperiyah. And the Mephorosh, the, the Rashi and others explain, Varaltem, what's that word Orla? She means it's, it's an expression of being autumn, of being blocked off. For the first three years, its fruit is blocked off. Shale Shonim Yerachem Arelim. For three years, it should be to you as Orla, it should be blocked off. Lo Yerachem, it may not be eaten. What does that mean? That means that when it comes to fourth year, what do I do with it? That is, I'm, I'm, be very careful. What do you do with the fruit which grew in the first three years? You wait for the fourth year and then you can take it up to your shrine, or whatever, or you have to, uh, you can't do anything with it. Well, you can't keep it for the fourth year. Very important. The answer is you can't. It's clear, you can't. What is growing in the first three years is Orla. It's forbidden to eat. It's forbidden to have benefit from. Completely forbidden. It says burn it. Whatever you want to do with it. But uh, no hana. In the fourth year, what grows in the fourth year? Okay, not when you wait for the fourth year. What grows? We're looking for the fruit of the fourth year, says the Torah. Uvashana haraviyah. Next passage. In the fourth year, yehiyakol periyokaydeh shilonu nashef. All this fruit will be Kedish Shiloh Hashem. We learned all about this at the beginning of the Sixth Paragraph, Lamatayim Brothers, Kedish Shiloh that it's an expression of Chilorim. You've got a choice. You can either do what? You can either take up Yerushalayim and eat it, or you can redeem all the money, exactly at Maitre Shady, take up Yerushalayim, send the money in Yerushalayim and eat whatever you buy there in Yerushalayim. That is the common understanding. That is our offer. It's worth noting. Take a look at the Yenis of Benaziel and the Ibn Ezra. They both learn Kedish Shilun means you give it to the Kohen. We don't pass on this, but that is the Shilun of Ibn Ezra with the Yenis of Benaziel. And then obviously, in the, finally, Potsachapeu of Ashana Khamish is in the fifth year. Tokhulu Ephiria, you shall eat its fruit, those who lock and support, and Yashem and Akita. Right, fine. What is the reason for this mitzvah? 
before you can start learning about that, also, what is the reason of, uh, for this mitzvah? So the Ramban brings, he actually seems to bring three reasons for it, but um, he said, first and foremost, and this, the Chinuch writes very similar to this, is because it's very similar to Bikurim. And that is that the HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to give them the first fruit Tasha, to take it to Yerushalayim, to give Shabbat Ha'edot HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and obviously that's the place where the, as we spoke about, spoke out in Brothers, that's where the Shefa comes down, it comes down through Yerushalayim, through the rest of Eretz Yisrael, through to the rest of the world. So therefore, we're expected to take it to Yerushalayim, the first fruit. So surely these are the first fruit. Yes, but if you're going to take the first fruit to give Shabbat Ha'edot, as we said beforehand, make sure they're good quality. The first three years you don't get good quality, says the Ramban. There's not much of a Shabbat Ha'edot. So if you have to wait after the first three years, you take the fourth year, now that's already better quality, that's the first, take it to Yerushalayim, that first year of better quality stuff, take it there and designate it to Baruch Hu. Thereafter, it's yours. As we said, a little like Bikurim. Um, he says, the Emes, he just adds on one or two other things. He says, like many other mitzvahs, there are before Hashem, we say the reason is, it simply helps. You know, there are those who say that with things like Chazir and all these sort of things. It's bad for you. And that's why in the first three years, it's bad for the person. The, the, says the fruits are very lustful, very moist, and it's bad for the person. Um, and finally, the Rambam writes in very also very interesting. Because basically, by the way, according to that second reason, it doesn't really explain why the 40 you have to designate Tashem. You still, I suppose you still have to go with what we said beforehand. Because you want you to designate one year Tashem, i.e. the 40 year project. So why can't I eat the, 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 the first three years? Oh, that's bad. You'd have to do some, something like that. But the Raman writes, in the book, and he, he has another reason. He says like this. He says, again, like the Raman puts it, as in many mitzvahs, the Raman takes these sort of lines is you have to realise in times gone by they practice witchcraft and black magic and all this sort of thing and they used to do things to a tree to make it grow much quicker. So therefore the Torah says as if to say against that because what they do is they make it grow much quicker they take the fruit and take it and uh, serve in front of David as well, the first fruit. So what the Torah says is the first, the Torah says you're not doing any of this sort of kishos for the first three years you're not going to be able to eat from the fruit anyway so there's no point trying to speed it up with your kishos. And then, in, because most, most trees, as he says, don't grow, uh, definitely not good quality, and possibly some trees don't grow fruit at all until the fourth year, which we may well add. And then, in that fourth year, instead of eating in front of our widow Zorah, go eat in front of Hashem, i.e. in Yerushalayim. Yes. We'll speak, I think, again, more about that, exactly when you start counting trees, but it is actually from when you plant it. Um, that is in terms of the reason for the mitzvah. Um, as we said, Eretz Yisrael is often with their eyes. We've spoken about Chutz Laaret. There are those who say in Chutz Laaret is any Esther Abonon. Bismana Zeh is an Esther Eretz or an Esther Abonon. So, within the Shifta, the Rambam, there is a little bit of a deal on whether it is Esther Eretz or Esther Abonon. The Menachat Chinuch writes, even if it's not Zeraita, it's still not less than the Halakha Lameshem Esinai of Chutzoret, point to the Rambam. Even if you want to say it, it's... And either way, still it's Paskin, it's Sophic, 
even if it is not derived anymore, the Sophic will still be offered. That's what the, 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 the Chazanesh writes, because in, even if it is Darabon nowadays, from Eretz Yisrael I'm talking about, even if it is Darabon from Eretz Yisrael, when the Rabbonon instituted it, in the case of Orla, they kept that din of Sophic Orla Le Chumr. The Chazanesh writes, even to nowadays as well, you can't just rely on a Sophic. Um, Obviously, there is more to speak about with this. Uh, hopefully, a lot of it we'll, 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 we'll see as we go along. Correct, because, because, because we don't have Abbot Lakadush Asar, they speak about that. You get the road there, but are the road actually in Eretz Yisrael as the borders accepted by the Torah? I, mean, I, don't, I, I don't know how, how many are outside the borders. As of now, some of it is the Kedusha will be added on, will be sort of incorporated. But uh, I suppose potentially, possibly, is what to. Uh, um, the uh, well, wait, wait, wait. Is, is it road of the people who are existing in the world, or the road of because where, where, where are the ten shvatim? As well, that's, uh, that's the only other thing as well. Do we know that are the roads? Where, 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 where are these tensions? Potentially, potentially, yeah. Potentially, potentially. Um, and uh, we actually spoke about brothels again about uh, there's, there's different days about what applies nowadays in Chutzlaret. Some like you Karen Ravoy. I remember Tosis there said so we had a discussion whether it's Meta Ravoy, whether it's Karen Ravoy. There's different shitters about that as well. Hopefully, we may or may not cover that as we go. So, with that introduction, let's uh, make a start on the actual Masechta now. So, as I said, in terms of whatever, whatever the first, some of the nuances don't quite follow, the, the, there is no absolute standard to first like Bafi, by the way, as we said. Okay? We will talk in terms of, and that's the, the printout of, of the Vilma version, and we follow, that that's normally is sort of the if, you, if you're going to do it in terms of duffing, it's, uh, it's, it's Vilna generally. Um, more often than not, people refer to it as halakhis. They do it as perek and perek halakh, halakh, halakh. Um, but we'll try and keep to it. it, it as I said, these newer Gomorrahs, they do try, and, some of them at least, they do uh, indicate where the Vilna shafta keeps, keeps in line with it. So here we go with the, with the, uh, with the first question here. Hanetea lisyog velakoros tosum in orla. We read in the Torah that when the Tartem called Machol, we're talking about eating the fruit. What if I don't plant the tree for the fruit? Let's say I plant an apple tree. I'm not interested really in the apples. Again, there's what to speak about if I plant it for both. I'm interested in both. But what if I'm really planting it because I think apple wood would be perfect to use, um, well, it could be I just want the trees there to act as a fed. Lissiog is a fed. And it's here, Lissiog, some you plant for a fed. But I tell you, it could be he planted because he thinks apple, the tree, has good, the wood is good for bees. He says, root beans. What's the din of that fruit? If I decide, oh, it's a waste of the apples, what's the din of those apples? Are they subject to orna or not? Is it dark if it's planted for the apples? For the fruit? Or does it not matter? 
Oh, they, they speak about that. That is spoken about the cutting down of fruit trees. But with fruit trees, though, there are certain instances, instances when you are allowed to cut it down. If it's more valuable for other things, it doesn't produce that much fruit. So there are instances, and especially in the first three years, there probably won't be very much fruit anyway. But that point is raised. That point is raised. It is potter from orange. The Gemara will learn this out from Sukkim. It's only if it's planted for those fruits. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Rabbi Yossi says, Afilu Omar, even if a person says, <coughs> note that lotion, Omar, he says, but uh, we'll come back to that soon, Bez Hashem. So even if he says, Hafenimi um, Lamachal, uh, then the inner side of the tree, he wants it for the, for the fruit. And the outer side of the tree, he wants for a fence. In other words, he plants the trees on the border of his field. So now he says, it's perfect for me. The outer branches will provide me with privacy and, uh, and protection from animals, etc., etc. And the inner branches, I don't need those. I don't need that for, for, for a seal. Those will, I'll be able to take the fruit off there. So therefore he says, I, I want the tree for both. The outer side is for one thing, and the inner side is for the other thing. So then we say, The inner side is because obviously that's for the fruit. And the outer side is potter. The outer side is exempt. Okay? So now the Rabbi is telling us, <coughs> within one tree, within one tree, you can have two um, you can have two parts to it. One part will be subject to and one part will not. Says the Gemara. We said in the Mishnah that if a person do you actually have that those words in your Gemara? Do you do you have the does it start from Kasib or it starts from Hanatea? It does start. So I think possibly the admin certain things in here they say, but okay, fine. So anyway, we learn from the Mishnah. If a person plants for a fence or for beams, he's potter, etc. Sit. Says the Gemara, it's because it's written, Unitatem kol eight martel, and you shall plant any fruit tree. Any fruit tree. And we dash from that, Eshehulamachol chayel, that which is for food, for fruit, is chayel, is subject to order. Lisyog, Vilakoris, Vilaitim is potter. That which is planted for a fence or to be used for the beams, or Laitim, just as firewood, is potter. Says the Gemara, Miyato. Well, from now, in other words, now that you said that, maybe we should say, that which is for the food, for the fruit. Even if a person thought about it, and he designates it for effect, it should be chayas. In other words, the Torah says, It's dependent on whether it's a fruit tree or not. This is a fruit tree. Ah, oh, if you planted it for the fence, it doesn't matter. You wanted it for the firewood, so what? You wanted it for the meat, so what? It's an eight markle. And eight markle is subject to Olaf. So maybe even if <coughs> he thought about it for offense, it should be 
Tamaloma, that's why the Foster comes and teaches us eight smartphones. So tell us it's dependent on what you plant it for. It's got to be that you plant it for the eight smartphone. Now, you may quite rightly be looking at that and thinking, what's the Tamaloma? Where do you see eight smartphones? If it's a fruit tree, it's high. But this is a fruit tree. Who cares what I planted it for? So the God here, he says, you have to add in a word. And that is, Unatatem eat smartful. Tamaloma unatatem eat smartful. It depends on what you planted it for. Unatatem, you planted it as an eight smartful. That's the all important point. Why did you plant it? You planted it as an eight smartful. I didn't plant it as an eight smartful. Maybe an eight smartful. Doesn't matter. What was your intention when you planted it? That's what we're interested in. Now, the way we're going to continue on now, um, from the from the way we're going to continue on with the shot we're going with just for the for the beginning, and as I said, generally speaking, we're just going to take one shot, unless there's like a rambam or something like that, where if it's lahadoch or something like that, where to understand it, we have to maybe explain it slightly differently. We may have to take a one or two shots in there, but. Um, here, we've got like this. Tamalema eight Martha. We could possibly suggest, you don't have to add in the words. Why? What's going on? Tamalema eight Martha, what's the Tamalema? It could well be that this is the continuation of the Gemara. The Gemara says, Tamalema eight Martha. So how do I see anything from there? So continues on the Gemara. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi, not the Rabbi Yossi of our Mishnah, we're talking about Rabbi Yossi, the Amora Rabbi Yossi. He says, Yilmaz Zobar Mitzchilosah. He would learn the matter, this sin, from the beginning of the parsha, i.e., mimashmashanema, from that which it says, from the implication of that which it says, sholosh shonim, for three years, yigyelochem aredim, it shall be to you as orlov, lo yeochel, it may not be eaten, v'chiyen yodin shabet ma'achal atosim adabet, do we not know that the Torah is talking about a fruit tree? And it says, what are you going to be eating? The bark? You see, we've got a contemplation now, but the root, the branches, I mean, yes, that's the first trees you can, but generally, if it says, lo obviously we're talking about a fruit tree. Would we not know that the Torah is talking about a fruit tree? Why, therefore, what's the Torah teaching us by saying, when a Tarsim Kolei Tzmachal? Why do you have to say Kolei Tzmachal? I know we're talking about Kolei Tzmachal. It must be coming to teach us something. Eshehu lemachal chayof. That which is planted for the fruit is obligated in Orla. Lithyog velakoros velaitim. That which is planted just for the fence. Or for beans. Or to use as firewood is possible. Now the God himself writes, that's the way the God learns this, and the God himself learns that Rabbi Yossi is coming to say, you don't need Unatata. Again, we've learned, before we came to Rabbi Yossi, that the Torah says, call it smartphone. That tells me obviously it's got to be a fruit tree. If it's not a fruit tree, it's not subject to Ola. What about if it is a fruit tree, but I didn't plant it for the fruit, I planted it for something else? Ah, Tabaloma, Unatata, call it smartphone. The question is, why did you plant it? You planted it as an eight-smartful? Subject to Orla. You didn't plant it for that? It's not subject to Orla. Fine. Comes along Rabbi Yeti, Rabbi Yeti says, you don't really need to learn it from the word of Natasa. 
the whole, those two words, eight machel, are completely extra. Because I know we're talking about a fruit tree, because it says, lo yeochel. It shouldn't be eaten. The first three years, it can't be eaten. Well, obviously, we're talking about this fruit there. So what does it mean, eight machel? Eight machel is to tell me that you planted it for that purpose. You don't really need to learn it for the word, but eight machel. That's how the God explains it. Similarly, continue on. Rabbi Yonah lomad zobor misoifrei. Rabbi Yonah learned it from the end of the parasha. Same idea, but he does it from the, the passage right at the end. For the fact that the Torah says, And in the fifth year, You shall eat its fruit, To add on for you, its produce, you get tremendous brothel. Do we not know that, that the Torah is talking about, we're talking about an eight machal of fruit tree? It says in the fifth year you shall eat its fruit. Well, obviously we're talking about fruit tree there. So what does the Torah teach us by writing you shall plant a fruit tree? It must be telling us. That which is there for the, has been planted for the food is obligated in oral. That which is planted for the, for siog is for a fence. The is for the beam. But I think it's for the firewood, it's possible. Same idea, I think the Kazanish does talk about what's the difference when you learn it from the, like Rabiosi or Rabiona, but basically, the, the basic idea is that one and the same, that the words Eitzmachol are seemingly superfluous, because from the continuation of the parasha, whether it's the next possible, whether it's within that possible, whether it's further on in the parasha, it's clear that we are talking about a fruit tree. Why did the Torah have to introduce it by saying an Atatem called Eitz Machol? Could it just say an Atatem, Elon, whatever, called Eitz? What's Eitz Machol? It's to tell me not just it's got to be a fruit tree to, in order to be subject to order. It's got to be that that was why it was planted. I planted it for the purpose of the fruit. Now, we could therefore posit that there's no need to add in the words an Atatem Eitz Machol. Rather, we could say, Tamalem, we're going back in a, little, a few lines, Tamalem, not eight smartphones. Where do you see it from there? That's what Rabbi Yeti and Rabbi Yonah are coming to explain. As the God says, you don't need the word Unitatem for that. Eight smartphones is superfluous. Obviously, it's more Gashmak if you have Tamalem, Unitatem, for eight smartphones. Obviously, it's more Gashmak. Because then you see it from the time of the material. But if you say that Rabbi Yeti and Rabbi Yonah are just coming to explain the previous Rosha, and possibly up you can say as well, the original Joshua also didn't include the words Anatata. Just the question is, what's it telling what's it telling us extra? So that's what Rabbi Yassi and Rabbi Yen are coming to explain. Perhaps we could say, therefore, without having to play around with the tabs and the words Anatata, we could fit it in. That's if you go like, let's say, the God answer. In this case, because there are a Shonen who learn very, I mean, much the same, but very slightly different, I'm just going to mention it. And that is the Rush, for example. The Rosh as well, for that matter. But there's various Rosh which say you learn it like this. Tamaloma eight machel. Now, according to this, you definitely have to add to the word in the Tarkin, so it doesn't make any sense. Tamaloma, again, just to recap one more time outside, we said, it says in the Torah that if you plant an eight machel, so from there we learn it's got to be a fruit tree. Does that mean, as we said, it's got to be that it is a fruit tree, or it's planted for the sake of the fruit? In other words, if I take a fruit tree, I plant it for the wood, is it subject to order? It is a fruit tree. That's why it says, Tamaloma unatatem kolet smartphone. Why did you plant it? You planted it for the fruit, it's subject to Allah. 
full stop. Now, Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Yonah are coming to discuss a different point, and that is, the did in the Mishnah of Rabbi Yossi. And this, by the way, is a very important point. You should know that in Yerushalmi, it just jumps. There is no indication that we're talking about something else. You just have, like, from one moment to the next, suddenly we were talking about one thing, we're talking about something else now. Okay? So, um, and that's why I asked you to add those words, those words because I think they put some of the new Gemara's add at least in brackets, but occasionally they add in, they say what we're talking about. The, the quote from the Mishnah. It's not like the, in the Bible where it says, Oh, Mama, where it has the, before the two dots tell you, the Yusham is not so kind to us. Okay? It's very short. That's, that's the difficulty in learning Yerushalmi. Um, so, according to the Rishonim, this next bit about Rabbi Yeti and Rabbi Yenna is going back on Rabbi Yeti of the Mishnah. Rabbi Yeti of the Mishnah, what did he say? He said, if you plant a tree, and I've got obviously two sides to the tree, I plant it on the border of my field, and I say the outer branches will be my fence, and the inner branches will be for the fruit. Brilliant. So Rabbi says, the outer branches, if it produces fruit, you can eat those without oil. That wasn't your intention. And the inner branches are subject to oil. On that, Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Yonah are coming to say, where do we know that from? Oh, from this. Because the words, Eitzmachol, are extra. They're not necessary, because I know either from Lo Yeyochel, or from I know we're talking about a fruit tree. Why does the Torah have to say, it must be to tell me that it's not just, well, if it's got some fruit, the whole tree is subject to, to, to Orla. It's to tell me only the Eitzmachel, only the part which is planted, only the part of the tree which is there for the fruit is subject to Orla. The part of the tree which is there for a different purpose is not subject to Orla. That's what Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Yonah are speaking about. In case you're wondering, because the Rishash says, Sorachian on the on the rush and the and and the ross, it's Sorachian. Because how can you put together Rabbi Yeti and Rabbi Yona? Rabbi Yeti's an Atana, Rabbi Yona's an Amara, what's going on here? You know what's the answer? It is Sorachian. But it's Poshit, I mean relatively posh, maybe from the Loshan, it's not much of that from the Loshan and the Rush, etc. But there's two Rabbi Yetis. There's Rabbi Yeti's Atana. And there's Rabbi Yeti is an Amor. You get this very often in Babli as well. You get Rabbi Yezer, and Rabbi Yezer is explaining the shit of Rabbi Yezer, or Rabbi Lozo, and one's a Tan and one's an Amor. Simple. That's, what, that's, 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 that's the way they, they learn it. They're coming to explain the shit of Rabbi Yezer in the Mishnah. Rabbi Yezer, who's explaining Rabbi Yezer, one's Rabbi Yezer and Amor, one's a Tan. So that's the two ways of learning the Gemara. Okay? So where we're standing now is like this. We've learned how, so far, a tree which is planted for the fruit is subject to Orla. A tree which is not planted for the fruit, is planted for other things, is not subject to Orla. Even if it's a fruit-bearing tree. If, well, according to Rabbi Yeti, I'm not saying we pass over this necessarily, that we have to see. But, according to Rabbi Yeti, you can even split a tree in two. What is planted for the fruit is subject to Orla. What is not uh, planted for the fruit is exempt from Orla. And that is all learned from Unitatem Kol Eitzmachel. Then a tear, it goes Bishas and tear, what did you plant it for? Irrelevant to what it actually uh, produces. And it's dark and eight only the part where the fruit is, which is subject to Arla. Tani, it's been taught. This is from the Tosefta. It continues on there, the Tosefta. 
Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel says, Tamed Varim Amorim, when do we say this? That if planted for the wood, it's hotter for Marla. That is, Bizman Shenota Lisiog Velakoyrek Vela Aintis. That is, when you plant something for the fence, or for the beams, or for the wood, Dobo Shuhu Roy Lohem. Something which is Roy for them. A tree which is right to be used for the wood. If you plant, let's say, a, a, a vine for the wood, we say, no one plants a vine for the nice, massively thick branches to be used for their, for their roof. If they do, I don't need to go into their house. Okay? No one plants them. It's a waste to use it for the, for the uh, let's say, for firewood or for a fence. It's, it's a very puny little tree. There, the value of that tree is without question is for the grapes. So to an olive tree, these sort of things, everyone plants it for the fruits. If you plant something which is not roy for the wood, doesn't matter why you planted it, we say, and chayim. It is chayim. Says the Kamara, yos It's very, yos means it, it, it's good. It's beautiful what Rabbi Shem said. He's quite correct. If you plant something for a for, uh, for a tree which is, if you plant a tree which is clearly not really there for the wood, why should it be exempt from Ara? Now, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel seemingly is arguing with the Rabbonim. So ask the Gemara, Matam of the Rabbonim. What's the reason of the Rabbonim? How can the Rabbonim justify saying that if I plant something, not, I plant it for the, not for the fruit, for the, for the wood, etc., but it's clearly not a tree which you plant for such things, how can we justify saying, oh, you're part of Pomorola? The way the bus puts it, by the way, is, in which case, it's great. Everyone will start planting their trees and say, right, I'll get round Orla. Well, I'm planting it for the woods. That's it. You've just started away with the whole terrace Orla. Yeah, because that doesn't matter. You're allowed to have the fruit. I mean, obviously, that's what we're talking about. If subject to oil, means, can you use the fruit? At least have an oil or something from that. Um, I mean, as it happens, as an aside, it's not so posh on the halom. I mean, the, the Chazamish Paschal, there's a lot of discussion about this. If you plant something for two purposes, then it's subject to oil. You can say what you want. We all know you're planting also for the fruit. It's not really going to, it may not necessarily help. But anyway, so the question is, what's the reason of the halom? So, Omar Rabbi Zeira says, Rabbi Zeira, what a person does is, he changes literally the order of their planting. In other words, the Rabbonans say, you know what? He's right. You're saying, the person plants a vine. So the wood, clearly, what the data. It's clearly playing games. So in which case, how can the Rabbonans say it's possible Surely Rabbi Shimon is correct. So this is what I know. The Rabbonan holds, you know what you do? The Rabbonon holds, in order to be part from Arla, we know full well people play games. So you have to do something to show. It's not enough to say, oh, that was my intention. You have to do something to show that it was planted for the wood. How do I do that? The way I plant it is clear. For example, Lo'itzin, if you're planting it for firewood, you know what you do? Lo'itzin. You plant all the trees, comes from expression of rectus, all very close together. Now, normally when you plant trees, if you want the, the fruit to grow well, you've got to plant them at a certain distance. Minimum four others. It's got to be at a certain distance from one another. Somebody who plants all the trees together, 
or very close together, it's clear he's not doing it for the fruit. Ah, we then know he wants it just for the wood. Five. Lekoris, if you're doing it for the beans, then, the mashate, the mashate. Then, what you have to do is, as it's growing, you have to cut down all the twigs and branches, so I think it actually thickens the, the, uh, the trunk. That shows me I'm doing it. Get rid of all the smaller twigs. That shows me... There's going to be no fruit if you cut down all the little branches, though. That shows me, obviously, you're not doing it for the fruit. You're doing it for the, for the beef. And this yog, if you're doing it for a, for a fence, well, the the very place where you plant it, that's the biggest proof of why you're planting it. You plant it on the edge of the field, I suppose it's not, if you're doing it for the fruit, that wouldn't be a particularly good place because all the fruit falls out of the street. So, it's clear that you're doing it because you want it there as a fence. Yeah, that, that as well, yeah. So therefore what we've come out with now is that this. The Rabbanon have said, that as far as we're concerned, it doesn't matter what the fruit tree is. It could even be something which is ridiculous to be planting for the wood. But at the end of the day, we don't care what it is. Whether it's a very, something which people normally plant, plant for the fruit, or not normally plant for the fruit. If it's a fruit-bearing tree, it's not enough to say, oh, I have in mind I want it for the wood. You have to actually do something to show that everyone can see that's why you're planting it. That's the various examples we've just seen. Rabbi Shimon clearly holds, no. You don't have to do any mice to show what, what, why you planted it. We rely on what you say you planted it for. But then, you planted it normally. If it's something which is ridiculous to suggest that it was planted for the wood, like a vine, an olive tree, a fig tree apparently as well, these everyone plants for the fruit, it's a waste of the wood, uh, it's a waste of the fruit planted for the wood, we don't believe you. So each one's got a certain kula and a certain chubra. Rabbi Shem has got a kula because he says, you don't have to do any planting in any different way, we trust you. But on the other hand, it won't work for certain trees which are clearly planted for the fruit. What does that say? Whereas Rabbanon say, no, it works for any, for any tree. But, there's a chumrah as well. You always, you have to plant it in a certain way. Now, up to this point, the way we've learned it sounds perfect. Okay, it sounds perfect. Because the Rosh and the Rosh, they both bring this to Halach, but they mention this point. Because obviously, if you've got Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel against the Rabbanon, who do we pass in like? Rabbanon. That's what you'd expect. And we shouldn't come down in the Mishnah, maybe different. This is a Tosafta. So, you'd expect we pass out the Rabbonon. And the Rabbonon say it depends on how you plant it. It works for any tree, but it depends on how you plant it. And that's what the Rosh mentions, the Rosh mentions, and many others mention this as well. Okay? Which fits very nicely. The problem is, if you take a look in the Rambam, the Rambam doesn't mention a word about this. The Rambam brings the Mishnah as it is. The Rambam just writes, Um, beginning of Perek Yud of Maitre Shani, which is the two parochim basically there on Hilchus Orla and Netaravoy, Perek Tess and Yud. And he writes there in Halakha Beis of Perek Yud, he writes, Hanetea Ilon Mafal, Vedata Yolov, Siyogligino, he plants a tree, a fruit tree, and his intention on it is, Siyog, just in the fence for the garden, Ocean of the Koros, he plants it for the, for the beams, Lola Peris, not for the fruit, Hari Zer Potom and Orla. Doesn't mention anything about the way you plant it, the manner in which you plant it, the, the position where you plant it. Doesn't mention a word about that. 
The question is, well, what's going on here? Now, say Pashman Arab Shimon Kamiyala has obviously asked problems, but besides anything else, he doesn't limit it to which trees we're talking about. So it doesn't seem to be going Arab Shimon Kamiyala either. So in order to answer this, as I said, generally we're not going to start doing lots of different shots, but in this sort of case, because it theoretically could affect the halacha, I think I understand the Rambam, he's going to mention, take the pshat which there, that's probably the most posh pshat. And that's definitely the rush learns it, etc. That Rabbi Shimon Gabriel says, he says, it's ridiculous to suggest with trees which are clearly planted for their fruit that we should believe you. What do the Rabbanon reply to that? How can they disagree? Oh, because it's dependent on how you plant it. If you plant it in such a way, that it's clearly not planted for the fruit, then you can't say follow that, because clearly you haven't planted it for the fruit. The fruit's not going to grow the way you planted it. Fine. The Rambam learns it differently. This is the way the Maharash, the Maharash explains it, the buttons, they're all more or less the same. And that's like this. It goes up. We brought Tony Rabbi Shukhanavir. Rabbi Shukhanavir came along and he said, look, if you've got a tree which is clearly planted for, for fruit, no one plants it for the wood. And you say, oh, I planted it for the wood. We're not interested. The Gemara asks on that, how can our bottom disagree with that? Are you telling me then if I plant my vine for the wood, it's going to be plastered from Arla? Well, as the bus puts, like we said before, in which case, you've just uprooted the whole thing of Arla from the Torah. Everyone's going to just plant all their trees for the wood. Now, whether that works, I'm not so sure, but theoretically, you've just uprooted the whole thing. So the Gemara answers in Rabbi Shimon Gamliel now, not Rabbono. The answer of the Gemara now, which is, Amar Rabbi Zeira, the Mishana says in the Tiyosin, say, No! Of course the Rabbi Shimon Gamliel and the Rabbonon don't disagree with that. Of course the Rabbonon agree that if you've got a, a vine, if you've got anything like this, a vine, a fig tree, an olive tree, things which are clearly planted for the, tree, uh, for the, for the fruit, it's irrelevant why you say you're planting it. It's going to be subject to Orla. That's clear. What Rabbi Shimon Gamliel is trying to add is what? What's Rabbi Shimon Gamliel adding? That it has to be, you can't rely on what, what you said it was planted for. You've got to do something to show that you planted it for the wood. I.e. you plant it very close together, or you cut down all the branches, or you plant it on the edge of the field, depending on what you're planting for. In other words, the answer of Rabbi Zira is not in the Rabbanon, it's in Rabbi Shimon Which now, according to that, it comes out, that everyone agrees that in order to be planted from Allah, Everyone agrees it's got to be a tree which is relatively normal to plant for its wood as well. On top of that, the Rishimba Gamiya has got a further requirement, and that is that you can't rely on your machshav or your dibur. It's got to be that you do something to show that you plant it for the wood, whatever that may be, depending on what it is. And therefore, it comes out very good now. The Raman passing is like the Rabbanon, which is, he passes like the Rabbanon, so you don't have to do any miter. Mashal is good enough. So, hence he says, Vedato Yolov. That's how the Ram, there are others who say that the Raman as well. Vedato Yolov. And if you're wondering, so why doesn't the Raman mention anything about the trees? You know, the, what about vines and olives and these sort of things, which we're saying, everyone is posh, everyone agrees that those would always be subject to Yolov. Well, the answer is exactly that. The Bach says, because it's posh. That's posh, and everyone, therefore, there, there's, there's no necessity to mention it. 
So, Lalocho, how does it come out? What's come out now is that this. According to the Rambam, the Rambam learns that there are Bonon are the ones who say you don't have to do anything about it. Machshove is enough. According to the Rosh and the Rash and many others, no, that's a Rishim the Gamliel. The Rabbonim say you have to do something to show it. It's complete opposite of the Rambam. Now, obviously, we're going to pass to that the Rabbonim. So, what are we going to do? There's also going to be another major Nakim in Halacha. And that is going to be does it apply to all trees? In other words, if I do something to show that I planted it for the, for the wood, would that work even with a vine, even with other trees? According to the Rosh and the Rash, yes, it would. Because there are bottles are saying you have to do a mitzvah to show why you planted it. Once you've done a mitzvah, it doesn't matter what you planted it for, it could be for anything. Whereas according to the Rambam, no. Fuck it, when we pass it, you don't have to. When we pass it on the Rambam, you don't have to do any, do any mitzvah. But that mitzvah is only going to be, that mitzvah, even if you do a mitzvah, it only works for trees which are normal to plant, at least relatively normal to plant for wood. So, we could, there's another Nafkaminah whether you learn like the Ramam and the, the Rash. So in other words, we've got two Nafkaminahs. According to the Rambam, we've got a Kula. That is, we're passing out the Rambam, I don't have to have any intention when, when, where, um, sorry, I don't have to do any mitzvah. Intention is enough. On the other hand, you're limited only to, or you sort of, uh, it will not work for certain trees which are clearly not planted in the woods. According to the Rush and the others, no. It will work for all trees, but only if you do a mitzvah. If you don't do a mitzvah, it won't work for any trees. The Bach says, he would have said that also should be like the Rambam. So it fits very nicely where he's learned out the Sudya. However, he says, the Shulchan Aruch has already passed like the Rush, the Rosh, etc. And therefore, it's the way we learned the Gemara originally. And therefore, it comes out that seemingly it would work for any trees, but you have to do a mitzvah. Now, the Milchah Sedok writes, this requirement to do a mitzvah to show that you're planting it for the wood is only the Rabbonim, is there right so you don't need the mitzvah, Machshom is enough? However, the, the Chazanish, I think, argues with that. He says, no, it's not. This is an absolute requirement. If you don't do a mitzvah, then it's going to be subject to Oren. Even if you say, but I planted it for the wood, it doesn't matter. And by the way, when we talk about Machshom, is that Machshom or is it Zibur? Do I have to say I'm planting it for that or does it mean I have it in mind? That's why I said to you earlier, do you remember the Mishnah? Rabbi Yehudi Omer Afidu Omar Hapenimi Lamachol. Sounds like, what does that sound like? Zibur. On the other hand, the Rosh and the Rabbim was, the Dato, whatever it was. For the Rabbim, it sounds like, Machshol is enough. The Mike said, the Minnesota Senate wants to say it depends on the Machloikis Rishonim when it comes to Pigol. Pigol, which is Pigol in Korban, whether it's Tonya Machshol, whether it's Zibur, he says possibly it would be the same in, in this case. But the Halak, as I said, and this will finish for today, the halacha, the way we pass the Mishnah of Halakha is that you have to do a mitzvah to show that I'm doing it for the wood. Once you do a mitzvah, I pass it very close together, I pass on the boards of the field, I cut down the branches, I then am potter from Oral, even though it is a fruit-bearing tree, or in a tartan, you didn't plant it for the fruit, you planted it for the, for the wood, and therefore, even if you take the fruit, it's potter from Oral.